I'm Sean. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to Sean and Mike Take a Hike. All right, so welcome to another episode of Sean and Mike Take a Hike. So, uh, what are we talking about today, Mike? Uh, essential gear, I think. Um, especially for the first timers. Um, I guess maybe primarily for the first timers. If you are more experienced, you might already know what you need to take, what you want to take, what works, what doesn't. Um, but if it's your first time going out in the woods, walking the trail and, uh, strapping everything to your back, leaving your car behind. Um, I, I know that was kind of a pucker moment for me. Um, when we got up to the uh, our first uh, spot, and it was just okay. Here we go for the next three days. We're just out in the woods. Yep. So I'm. I feel like we took the essentials, as we mentioned last episode or in another episode, that um, it's we may have overpacked. Um, which I feel as a first time you're probably going to do my pack. When I left the house, I think I, I weighed myself and then I weighed myself with the pack and I want to say it was 50 pounds. That's too much. Yeah. I think that's what mine was at was like at 48 pounds or something like yeah. that. And it is too much. It's doable. Obviously we made it, we survived, but I remember, <laughs> I remember walking up the stairs at, uh, uh, I think it's Lake of the Clouds, that little overlook in the Porkies. Yep. Went back to that parking lot. We were walking up the steps, and I mean, it was day or fourth day. We're walking out after eight miles, and you know, I had 50 pounds on my back. And this a little kid just asked me, How much does that pack weigh? And I just like kind of glare, like, I feel bad about it now, but like, I was exhausted. <laughs> and I was like, It's 50 pounds. And he's like, Oh, and I'm like, I just kept walking. Like, I didn't even stop. I'm like, nothing. I was just like, the truck was in sight. It was 100 yards away from us. That's where I wanted to be. <laughs> yeah, so, I know. That, it and was we, definitely an overpack situation. And like Mike and I said in our intro episode, we did a lot of research. And everybody we talked to said, you know, everybody says ounces matter when you're backpacking. And I don't disagree that ounces matter. I really think it's pounds that matter. Um, I don't think ounces are going to make that big of a difference. Although I understand, I know, I know math. Ounces add up to pounds. I get all that, um, but realistically, it's pounds. So we for sure overpacked our first time, and I don't expect anybody listening. You know, with this being an amateur, uh, what, what's our tagline? Am, amateur hikers giving amateur advice or amateur advice for amateur hikers or whatever. Oh, you came up with it. I know whatever whatever the tagline is that we went with. It's, it is true. I mean, we are amateurs and you're an amateur listening. So you don't know, but realistically, after you have done it a couple of times, you will come to realize pounds really do matter. I don't think the ounces matter, but the pounds matter. Well, and, and, that, and that's where it comes down to like your first time. If you, if you feel like just setting up your camp in the backyard isn't enough. Like your first overnight, like actual hike, like testing your gear. Realistically, we should have done it. Um, we didn't, but we should have done it. Is tested all of our gear in the backyard. Make sure we knew how to set it up. Make sure we knew how to pack it all. Like all that kind of stuff. I mean, I set my tent up in the living room when I first got it, just to see if <laughs> I would fit. So I feel like I tested it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. That's fair. Okay. But um your first overnight experience make it a one-nighter. Don't do what we did. We did a three-nighter, four-day four journey. That was 16 hours, well, what, 12 hours We away survived. From I mean, it was We survived. Fine. And we had a good time. But, we went out and did it again. I mean, well, right. No, I'm not. We didn't just give up and quit. Like all that. We even had we had an escape path. I mean, like so. Make sure you have one of those, maybe if you can. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about that more in depth in a different episode. But yes, I mean, but, escape path is a good option to yes, have. But I'm just saying, like maybe your first your first overnight experience. 
try packing for, for one night or go for one night and maybe att- see what you're what you're thinking you need for three nights or four nights like pack pack it as full as you as you think you can handle yeah and if if one night and you go 10 10 11 miles or eight eight miles and it, it just ends up being too much well then you know like you learn on a one night experience rather than you're just stuck in the woods somewhere and you've got to leave a complete a loop or you have to backpedal how far and um all that so i don't know i just i just feel like i not saying i, I wish differently on what we've done but cuz i had a great time in the porkies but uh i feel like that could have given us a little bit more insight to make the porkies even more enjoyable by carrying less weight. I, I don't disagree. But so let's let's run down what we think are the essential gears for somebody for somebody that's starting out, right? Because we talked about in our intro, you don't have the money to spend a couple thousand dollars on brand new stuff. So what are the essential things that we think everybody should have to start? Now again, we're talking about Michigan climate. Michigan hiking, uh, we are located in Michigan. We have not done multi-state things like that. Um, So what we think is essential might not be the same thing that somebody in Arizona needs for their essential things. I think they translate, but you might want slightly different things um, in a hot climate or a desert climate than what we would need here. Um, But what we have found are the essential things. I mean, first and foremost is your backpack. You're going to need a real hiking, uh, not not a J.C. Penny, not a Jan Sport, not a uh, not a Sears yeah, catalog. A backcountry. Back yeah, you need a backpack with a frame, with uh, some back support that is going to be able to hold your stuff. We will get again. We'll get more into details about what exactly we recommend for those things specifically in a different I'll add on to that for the backpack there there are you'll if you research and everything there are frameless models and there are some very high end frameless models um that that a lot of people swear by um as a beginner I was not willing to spend that kind of money um and I feel like we got a very good deal on what I feel like we got a good deal. I'm not, I, I can't imagine not having one with a frame. I mean, if, if, if not having a frame works for you, but I feel like that's an advanced hiker thing. Like I said, I didn't want to spend the money. And if, if, if you're a beginner and you're just getting into it, you're not sure you're going to like it. You probably don't want to spend that kind of money either. Yeah. So, there, I'm just saying, there are those options for a frameless backpack. Um, I don't have any experience with them. I don't have any experience with it either, and I don't know as though I would recommend it first. I don't know that I would like it. I don't know that I wouldn't try it. I, there are some of the backpackers that I follow and everything that they, they talk about it, they swear by it, but um, I don't know. I don't know. The, the just having that uh, support by your lumbar all the way up the curvature of your back. Uh, and then all the straps that just kind of pull everything just tight, tight into you. Make sure it's comfortable. It sits right on your hips. The one thing we did with our backpack, we went to REI. Um, if you have one within a, I mean, ours is about an hour and a half, hour 45 away from us. We took a day trip to just down there to uh, go check everything out. They fitted us for a backpack. And again, mentioned them in the in the first uh, episode they're not a sponsor but uh uh but yeah we we went down there if you have some uh sports uh or an outdoor equipment place that will fit you for a backpack um that's number one make sure it fits you yep. um, so okay so so item number one that you need is a backpack item number two that you need is some sort of shelter mike and i both decided to go with the tent option your yeah. your two well i guess your three main options are you can sleep out under the stars, uh, which was not for me. I want some sort of shelter. Um, your other option is you can get some sort of hammock contraption, which a, we have seen a lot of people do. That does not seem like that that would be a good option for me, although 
no disrespect for anybody that feels like that's the option they want to go with. The option that I wanted to go with was I wanted a tent. I grew up with tents. I know how tents work. I like the comfort that a tent offers. So I personal recommendation is to get a tent. Um, we went, uh, we, you and I both went on our uh, steepandcheap.com. Again, not a sponsor. Again, not a sponsor. But uh, <laughs> lots of different options as far as how big of a tent you need. Now, you and I always plan on going solo. So we go solo, but we go together, but we're not sleeping in the same shelter. So uh, I went with a single-person tent. There is an argument to be made about them not having nearly enough room for a single person to be in. <clears throat> There's barely enough room to lay down, let alone let alone roll over or change clothes or do anything like that. And it is it works fine for me. You think that it's fine for you? I know. Uh, for <laughs> me, it, it is barely big enough to be inside. But and I'm a little guy. I am only five foot seven, five foot eight if I stretch out as tall as I can be. But generally speaking, five foot seven. So it's not like I'm a huge guy, but. A single person tent is, it's barely big enough for a single person. They do make the extra longs. They do make, yep, they do make them extra long. And, um, so anyway, so without getting into specifics, you need some sort of shelter, whether that be a tent, a hammock, um, you could sleep out under the stars. You probably could just bring a tarp and put that over top of you if that's the type of hiker you want to be. But as far as essential gears go, we got so far backpack. And some sort of shelter. What else would you add to that list? I, I mean, water. Um, you, you, you're going to need water on the trail. Um, I start with a full bladder and, and, a, and a full 20-ounce uh, jar in my pack. Um, and then a filtration system to go with it. Just if you're doing overnighters, um, you're going to go through water. Um, at least you should be going through water um, and make sure you have some kind of a filtration system to to pull water out of a river, a lake, a stream, uh, something uh, so you can filter your water and uh, and drink it safely so you're not uh, getting a bunch of gut rot uh, in the middle of the night. Yep. Yep. And there's lots of water filtration options. We will have an entire episode based on water filtration. But yes, some sort of plan for Carrying water and filtering water. So those are two separate things, but both both based on the same thing. So some sort of water filtration, some sort of water carrying device, whether that be a water bottle. Uh, you and I both like water bladders. The bladders are like a Camelback type bladder, uh, Camelback or off-brand Camelback. That uh, our backpacks that we wound up purchasing actually have a specific hook for a water bladder built in. But you are going to want some sort of water-carrying device. That's a water bladder or a water bottle, whatever that looked like for you. Something to carry water and then something to filter water because you are not going you to just carry... Wear the, the little beer helmets with the straws and stuff? If water that's what that. works for you, get one of those beer helmets with a couple of bottles on the top. Yep, absolutely. Um, we don't judge. I mean, I might be jealous if I saw that. I might be jealous if I saw that. Uh, the other thing that I would say is you are going to want some sort of, uh, what's the right word? Um, sleeping blanket, sleeping cover, some, some sort of cover. Uh, cause mind you, you've been hot and sweating all day. It's going to get cooler at night. You're going to want some sort of blanket or sleeping bag or quilt, some some sort of cover to keep you warm at night. You're going to want to get out of your sweaty clothes that you have sweat in all day and also be able to remain warm. So you need some sort of blanket type device, whatever that looks like for you, to cover up in. And again... We are going to have individual episodes for all of these things that we recommend. This is just a general rundown of the list of types of things that you are going to need that you might want to look into. Yeah, uh, I guess the next thing I would say is um, is some kind of reliable footwear. You and I are fans of boots, um, something that has ankle support. 
there's lots of hiking shoes, uh, trail shoes, trail uh, boots, you know, uh, uh, something that's, uh, depending on your climate, we're here in Michigan, we got a lot of river crossings where we tend to hike. So we, we tend to go with some kind of a waterproof hiking boot. Um, but there are breathable options. There's, there's something different that's uh, out there and, and right for everybody. Um, I'm still figuring out the boot size thing. I've had people tell me to size up a half size because your feet will swell. Um, I personally, in my first set of hiking boots, I did that. I didn't notice the feet swelling. I, I noticed a lot of foot movement in my boot. And uh, I don't know if that's what led to the downfall of that boot, but it uh, it only lasted me about six trips. And um, and it was one of the most painful last trips that I've, I've had with, uh, with that. So... Go with um, go with what works for you. If your feet tend to swell while you're walking, size up a little bit. But um, other than that, know your climate, know know your terrain. If you feel like you're going to be going over rocks or anything like that, get a boot. Um, otherwise, um, if you're mostly on flat ground and everything, save the weight and grab a, a good hiking shoe. Yep, and then I guess a good thing to go along with the, since we're talking about footwear as it is, some sort of good hiking sock. And again, we'll have a different episode with like specifics on that, but you want some sort of sock that is specifically made for hiking. Mike and I were are both or at one point in our lives at least were fairly active people. A hiking sock is different than a running sock. A running sock is different than a dress sock. A dress sock is different than an everyday wear sock. There there truly are differences in the types of socks that you get. We highly recommend getting some sort of hiking-specific sock to go in your hiking-specific footwear. Yeah, I don't recommend wearing flip-flops out on the trail. I don't recommend wearing sandals out on the trail. At the same time, I don't recommend wearing dress socks out on the trail like it's a it's a specific thing made for this type of foot movement foot sweating foot condition get yourself real hiking socks of whatever style you feel like is works best for you but you do want a hiking sock yeah um i got the next thing i would say is uh some kind of a bug shield, mosquito net, um, bug spray, um, you're in nature, you're gonna encounter bugs. Um, I have taken a mosquito net on every, uh, like for, for around my head. I've never used it. I'm not saying I won't, I will continue to carry it because it weighs nothing. Uh, (laughs) it's very small. It just fits over any hat you're going to wear. Um, whether it's a bucket hat, a booty hat, uh, uh, just a baseball cap, whatever, it'll, it'll fit over anything. And then it's got elastic around your neck. So it, it will come tight against that. So it just protects your face against the mosquitoes and the bugs. Um, again, I've never worn it, but I, I won't, I, I won't leave home to go out on the trail without it. Uh, just because like I said, it weighs nothing. And in the event that they're that bad. Um, I want it there and, um, which again, but though that could be a a tribute to the, the bug spray, um, that we take, I'm a big fan of the Pickerton or the Permethrin, I think it is what it's called. They are more natural, less, uh, abrasive to your clothes and any like smartwatches or any any glasses. I wear glasses, so I got to protect those, um, things like that they they won't really wear against your plastics or your clothes um we do also swear by deet uh, i love me some deet i mean i'm a i know deet's probably going to cause me cancer 20 years down the line but the one spray that we get um especially for our ankles and the lower halves of our legs yeah. uh mainly to keep the ticks off we get the spray that is 80 to 100% deet and 
it is not good for your face. It's not good for your clothes. It's not good for a lot of things, but at least for the bottom portions of your legs to keep some of those bugs off, the 100% DEET, Again, I, I am sure that they are going to tell us it's cancerous. Oh, we're probably going to lose our feet. Oh, we'll probably lose our feet. You're absolutely <laughs> right about that. I'm sure it is awful for you, but it is effective at keeping the bugs off. So do whatever fits into your lifestyle. Yeah. But yes, some sort of bug repellent, bug. Yeah, yeah, if you're more of a natural person uh, or, or whatever, whatever kind of bug repellent you swear by, uh, Especially in the Michigan climate, just make sure it, it, it wards off the ticks. Uh, we are in a bad, bad tick era, so uh, uh, try to ward off the ticks as best you can. Other than that, ward um, off the ticks, ward off the mosquitoes, because, I mean, mosquitoes are just annoying. I know they carry a lot yeah, of disease, yeah. but more or less Do in our area, they're just annoying. Make time out on the trail as pleasant as possible. Yeah. And then um, we have not yet found anything that repels the biting flies. The only thing that we have found that repels biting flies is long sleeves and long pants. So uh, if anybody has... I have has, found something that repels uh, spider webs and spiders. I don't believe that. Yeah, yeah, it's sending your friend in front of you. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, all right, fair enough. Yeah, right, take, take turns on the trail on who's going to blaze the trail to collect all the spider webs. Okay, fair enough. Um, the other thing that, that the bug spray leads nicely into or segues nicely into is a good, whether it be homemade or store bought first aid kit of some sort. So the first aid kit that we bring, uh, it is, uh, we put together on our own. So it's in a quart sized Ziploc bag, but we have just the basic essentials. We're going to have some ibuprofen in there. We're going to have some um, Benadryl-type cream in there that's going to ward off, uh, you know, if you do get bit by something that you're allergic to or you do get a bee sting of some sort, the Benadryl cream is going to be something good with that. Uh, we take – we what's that? The itchies and the rashes. Oh, the itchies and the rashes, exactly. Thank you. Uh, we take a foot powder in conjunction with our boots and our socks. There's a foot powder in there, a uh, medicated foot powder. Uh, we do take an ace bandage wrap just in case anybody were to twist anything or something were to need more support while we're out. Um, neither one of us have severe allergies, so we do not take an EpiPen typically. But if you do have any severe allergies, I would definitely recommend putting some sort of EpiPen in there just in case. Because keep in mind, you're going to be out in the middle of nowhere. Um, miles away from help. Away from help, Exactly. Um, then we take a few of the, the basics, like um, some tweezers in case you get some splinters, uh, a couple of thing, uh, thing, uh, some tiny little scissors just in case you got to cut something out. Um, the one piece of advice that we were given about the first aid kit is do not go overboard. You want to have the basics, but realistically, you are if you are in such a bad situation where you need to amputate or you need to set a broken bone or something like that for the amateur hiker you are not going to be capable of doing that so don't necessarily well, unless they're in the medical field and they're already trained if you're in the medical field you probably don't need to tell us to tell you what to put in the well, first aid okay so. <laughs> for the rest of us you're likely not going to be sewing up sutures you're not going to be doing a lot of the triage type things that a medical professional is you're better off having some sort of gps communicator with you than you are overpacking your first aid kit which i guess segues me nicely into the next thing that you probably should take uh which is some sort of communication device in the event that you have an emergency um now as far as emergency devices go mike and i both take uh Cell phones, of course, because who wouldn't? Um, we do not take GPS communicators, which we probably should. We just have not invested in. Although, I will say, Mike and I both have devices made by Apple that do have an emergency GPS communication method with them. So we could get through that basically the same thing you could get through a GPS communicator as far as I understand it. 
if I'm wrong and you're a professional, please let me know. I feel like it's it. You can only call emergency services with it. But if you're at that point, but if you're at that point where you need emergency services, call emergency services. There ain't no shame in calling for emergency if you got an emergency. Um, I mean, if you just miss home and want to go home, but you don't have any cell signal. Right. If you're just crying because you miss your spouse, then that's a whole different issue that you might have altogether. But, um, so anyway, so yeah, at least a rudimentary first aid kit you're going to want to take with you. Um, what else, Mike? What else do they want to take? Um, man, we're getting down to it. I would say, um, I mean, you obviously need to take food. Food? Okay, good. We haven't brought that up yet. Yep, yep. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, you've got to take uh, uh, enough food that will get you by. No more, no less. Maybe less. Um, we've talked about it in another episode that um, we have easily overpacked. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, listen to that episode. Or, but, uh, I mean, just, uh, and it's, and that's a hard one, but, uh, cause I, I still to this day feel like I'm an overpack on food. Yeah. I mean, I'm just horrible with it, but, um, I mean, it's an essential thing. I mean, you, you have to have some sort of sustenance while you're out on the trail. Um, trail mix, uh, uh. Freeze dried meals, pack your own, however you want to do it. Just make sure you have calories and some kind of intake for energy uh, boost uh, while you're out on the trail. Um, and I guess I, I'll glob on to that with an essential thing. And this may be different in various parts of the country, but either a bear bag or bear canister. Uh, for anybody that's brand new and that doesn't know what a bear bag or bear canister is, it is basically a secure, scent-proof container to keep anything in that has any sort of scent that would attract predators. Whether that be cougars, whether that be bears, whether that be any of the things, it is basically a container that you can keep all of your stuff that has any sort of smell in it that would attract people or not people, but attract uh, beasts that you can keep away from your camp. So you're going to be in one spot. Your canister is going to be in another spot. So even if scents were to come through, which they shouldn't because it should be scent proof, but if they were to come through, at least it is not at your camp and attracting those predators to your camp. Yeah. Uh, I prefer if the site has bear lockers. Um, I don't know. I, I really like that, the one place we went. But uh, we've we've hung our food um, in a bear bag, and uh, we haven't invested in a bear canister. I've thought about it. Um just do your research on that whole thing because bear canisters take up space in your pack. Um, and I, I don't know how heavy they're, I don't have any experience with them, but, um, they take up space. So you either have to figure out what you can pack in them while you're on the trail and to save that space. Yep. Uh, or, or whatever. But, um, I like the collapsible bags. Um, they, they've been working for us for the last couple of years. So, um, but yeah, do, you do it, you do you, but make sure you find it, you have a way to keep predators away from your site, um, as best you can. They, I mean, it's a, it's a real risk. Uh, we have been fortunate enough not to encounter that, but it is a real risk. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's a real risk. Um, and we'll get into more about those specifics again. I, I hate to keep saying that we'll get into it more in a different episode, but realistically, we are going to break all of these down in separate episodes, but we just wanted to kind of give an overview of what the, what the basics that you're going to need. Um, and just to get back to the basics that you're going to need, you're, if you are taking, we talked about food already, but if you're taking a freeze dried meal, or dehydrated meal with you, you're going to need some way to boil water. So we have uh, camp fuel 
uh, Jetboil stove, uh, Jetboil not brand name, or is Jetboil? We, we have the Coleman uh, Peak One. Yeah. Okay. So we have we have a, a mini stove that screws onto a fuel canister. Unspecific brand name. <laughs> uh, but but you're going to need to be able to boil water. So take some way to boil water in order to rehydrate that food that you are taking to eat. I'll, I'll say this too, like, uh, these are essentials. Sean and I, uh, when we first started going, we, him and I had been friends for the last 20 years or so. And, uh, we just knew that like, if, if we were going to be doing this, like it, we, him and I are the only friends that we have that we're are going to enjoy doing this. So right. we invested in this together. Like, um, so if you have somebody that can help you do that, that's awesome. Um, we had to buy our own backpacks. We had to buy our own tents. We had to buy a lot of stuff individually, but he bought the cook, the cook pot or the pot and the, the, all that stuff. I bought the cook stove. I've, I've taken care of the fuel. Um, I take care of the first aid kit. Yeah. We, we, yeah, with the, the first aid kit, the, the water filtration, like we, we have things that we have purchased individually, but, the, but we share them. So these necessarily won't be all on you. If you're going into the woods with a friend, I recommend going into the woods with a friend because if something happens, right. you have some, a backup. But um, especially for beginners, I do not recommend doing this on your own for a beginner. As 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 much as I feel like you and I would both be capable of doing this on our own, um, and you know, I don't want to take away anybody's ability from them about being able to do it on your own, but freak accidents happen. And if you are out in the middle of nowhere and you have a freak accident, I highly recommend you have some sort of hiking partner, whether it's a friend or somebody you met online or somebody from a group that also likes doing the same things. Certainly not required to have somebody with you, but I highly recommend having somebody with you. Yeah. Well, it, it might, it's to to go along with the point of like if you have a friend that's going to go with you and you guys can share some of the expenses and everything, the point of that too is that it, if we're hiking together, we both don't need to take a camp stove. We both don't need to take uh, a pot to boil the water. That's just added weight that you don't need to take, that you, you can share that amongst your party and, and go about it that way. So... It, not that ounces are ounces. I, I again, we don't really believe that every ounce matters, but every pound matters. And if you can save a little bit of that weight, you know, I guess at that point, ounces are ounces because, like, if you can save the cook stove or the pot or anything like that. Right. And it's also the the square inches in your pack. Yes, I mean that's that's, that's know, a large part of it too. Is not just so much yeah. the poundage, but how much stuff fits in your pack physically fits. I mean, you might be a super strong, muscular person. Maybe you can carry 100 pounds. But if it doesn't fit in your pack, it doesn't fit. Yeah. Every every pack has its limits, whether it's a, a 40 liter, a 20 liter, a 65 liter, a, you know, 100 liter, whatever size pack you have. It's got its limitations of what you can actually take. So um, every little bit that you can save on that is is actually a, a huge deal, too. Um Another thing that I would say that a, that a must to take, especially uh, for a sweater like myself, is a dry shirt from when you get to camp. Um, you can take your shirt off, change your shirt, let the other one hang or, or something from a, a tree branch. Or if you take a rope, let that one dry out and you can sit in dry clothes for a little bit. I, I'm a horrible sweater. Um, I'm, I'm rarely dry on the trail, so... Uh, fresh underwear. I guess a change of clothes. At least if you're on an overnight, at least fresh underwear. Uh, if you're on a three day trip, at least a one change of clothes, and you can swap back and forth. Just make sure you're wearing dry clothes as as much as possible. Yeah, being being dry is a big thing. I mean, because you're going to get chafing, you're going to get blisters, you're going to get those things. So at least to have something to put on. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of being. Less clothes is more clothes out in nature, as far as I'm concerned. But um, you're, you at least need to cover up your bits while you're out there. So at least something to have on while your other clothes hopefully dry, depending on the humidity. 
Um, so yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, at least a change of, of the essentials, whatever those essentials for you. You, 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 like. you mentioned socks earlier, but I think I would just expand that to, uh, your underwear, at least your underwear. Um, you, you, nobody wants that, that kind of rotten smell when you get back home. Um, I mean, some of us don't mind uh, going around with our bits out while we're out on the trail. So, well, I mean, you know, there is that. Some some of the guests don't don't care for it so much, but uh, uh, I guess so. Like, oh, oh, the other thing. This is what I thought about while you were talking. Not to interrupt you, but um, some sort of I hate to call it personal protective equipment, but some sort of personal protectant. Uh, whether that be from weirdos out on the trail, whether that be from beasts out on the trail, uh, Mike and I both are a big fan of bear spray. We have never needed to use the bear spray, but there are bears in Michigan. I don't know what the critters in your area, whoever you are that is listening, whatever the critters in your area are, some sort of protection against that type of critter. So we take a bear spray, we also both take some sort of personal, I hate to say that there's weirdos out there, but I think there's weirdos out there sometimes. If somebody were to walk up on you, do you have a way to protect yourself? I take what I call as a beat stick. Um, it's basically a, a metal rod that I could hopefully hit somebody with if I were to need to. I have never needed to, but I feel more comfortable having that. I keep it by my tent door when I go to sleep at night just in case critters were to come up. I also keep my bear spray handy. Uh, so some sort of protection for you in the event that beast or person come upon you in a way that you feel threatened, have a way to protect yourself with that. I'm not recommending a gun. Uh, a lot of places that we go hiking expressly prohibit taking a firearm with you. So take something that is legal, look at the rules and regulations wherever you are at. Um, on top of that, a gun just doesn't make a lot of sense when you're going, you're going to get wet, you're going to get sweaty. Some of those situations are not great for firearms anyway, so a firearm probably is not the best protection to take regardless if it's allowed or not, but take something to protect you from man or beast while you're out on the trail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, if... Sean mentioned the beat stick. Um, one thing that I bought is was one of the things that I contributed to our group um, is a collapsible shovel, and it's a I believe it's a Rhino brand. I forget the brand name, but it's one of the uh, it all screws together. It's not like the Coleman uh, like Boy Scout uh, collapsible or Army collapsible. This thing's got a pickaxe. It's got a saw. It's got a Built in, like, you can make it a beat stick. It's got a rape whistle, or, I'm sorry, uh, uh, help whistle, uh, uh, a, <laughs> uh, it's got a flint. It, I mean, it's, it's got, uh, so many different survival aspects to it. And, uh, if you just keep that next to your tent, too, um, or at least within a communal area and you hear something going on, I mean, you, that, that right there can be a, can be a weapon as needed, too, if, if you have, uh, a, a, a predator or, uh, I guess, of animal or human form uh, coming in. I mean, like Sean said, fortunately, we've never had to run into it. If push comes to shove, I mean, bear spray will work against a human too. Um, so, I mean, you could save that weight, but uh, just know that you spray that bear spray once, it's it's kind of a one-shot deal, and uh, it does have an expiration date. I did not know that. Um, uh, so it's it's years so i mean you only have to buy it once for multiple trips but i mean just pay attention to your expiration date on your bear spray when you buy it because uh it's like it's like super concentrated mace is basically what it is super concentrated and super high pressure because it shoots a lot farther than mace does yep that's like 25 feet or something It's, it's something ridiculous uh, again, hope I never have to deploy it, just like any of my firearms that I own. Um, hope I never have to use them for safety, but that's what they're for. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I just thought of while you were talking about that is, um, I don't know why this made me think of it, but while you were talking about that, about safety and just that sort of stuff, is we always take some sort of battery backup. So we have communication devices that 
do communicate with satellites in the event that we need to send an SOS signal. Um, I don't like to assume that the battery that's in it is going to work. So um, I take a battery backup. Uh, it, it's really twofold. So I take a battery backup that has a, uh, I have a battery pack that I bought off Amazon, not a sponsor, but a battery backup that does have a solar panel on the back of it. So it says right in the instructions of that, that it's really, it. you're not going to recharge the battery pack for it, but you might be able to get enough charge to it from the solar panel on the back that you'll be able to get an SOS signal out. And really that's what you want it for. You want to be able to send that SOS signal if you were to need it. So we take a battery backup that has that built in in case we need to charge any of our devices that need to communicate with emergency services. And then as a twofold for that, uh, it also charges our cell phone. Um, our We both have Apple Watches. I like to track what the path that we're taking is. I like to get those metrics for how fast we're going and the map and where we're at. Uh, so that battery pack is kind of twofold. It's for the for the emergency, but also just because I like to kind of have it for my own personal device or personal reasons. But I, I do recommend taking some sort of battery backup in the event that you need to contact emergency services. I do think that's a smart thing to have. Yeah. Um, I would say some kind of a light. Um most cell phones will, you know, you, you've, they'll turn into a, uh, um, they have their flashlight and all that kind of stuff on them. They're not the brightest. They're good. They're not the brightest. Um, I found, uh, I've seen them advertised on, on online a lot. These little, uh, I don't even know what they're called, but they're headlamps, but they're very slim. They fold down very tiny. I got a two pack for 15 bucks on again, the, the Amazons, um, haven't tried them in the woods yet, but they are, they're bright. Uh, I tried them in the backyard and everything. So that's what I'm taking on our next trip. Um, they are bright. I also have a solar lantern that weighs nothing. It's an off brand. I don't even know. I think Amazon again, but I don't know for sure where I got it. Um, but some kind of a light just so, I mean, you're in the woods. And it's not woods that you're familiar with. So there's going right. to be tree roots. There's going to be something to step on. Yeah. Mike usually takes the headlamp. I, I, I'm i a big fan of the headlamp, too. Although, quite honestly, like, if push comes to shove, I'll just use my cell phone. The other thing that I take is I make sure to take one glow stick with me. Because if yeah. everything else fails, I have a glow stick. You should be able to use that to at least make enough light to kind of see where you're at. And it, it's not your party store bought it at the fireworks glow stick. It's, it's no, this is, this is a military gray glow stick that it's got like a 24 <laughs> hour glow sure you, to you it. Let the people know that you like, they can't just go and like buy one. I mean, you like could, guys. I mean, realistically get what you can afford, but Okay. It's not going to do what, what mean, those glow sticks do. No, get what you can afford. Take some sort of okay. some yeah, sort of backup that is not necessarily electronic related. In the event that you need light, um, so we take that with us. Uh, just back. Let me backtrack for just a minute because there's one thing that I forgot to mention that we take. Um, you kind of mentioned it when you were talking about your collapsible shovel with the whistle. Uh, we both oh, yeah. do wear an emergency whistle around our necks while we are hiking. Because one thing that you will read over and over again while you are researching how to do this stuff is you can yell all you want. You're only going to yell so loud, and eventually your voice is going to get hoarse. So if you need an emergency services and they are trying to find you, the woods are dense. I mean, it is hard to find somebody. I don't care how bright your clothes are. Have something like an emergency whistle that you can blow into that is loud as hell that somebody from a distance is going to be able to find you. So, uh, I, I still want to know what it sounds like. We've never, 
never blown into ours. I don't even know if it works. Oh, it works. I've blown into it. <laughs> I've blown into it, and then I, ha- I have an electronic one on my watch now that will do it for, I don't know, it's like 85 decibels or something like that. But, again, my watch might die. You're, you know, if you get into real dire straits, your electronics are going to die. Have something on you that will alert people of your position. Maybe that'll be an episode is we'll just go out into the woods and actually try those. Well, uh, see how far away we can hear it from each other. That'd be a good idea. We should do that. So, I mean, because like I said, realistically, I don't know how far it travels. I don't know how, I mean, I'm sure I, I feel like I'm going to go deaf if I blow on it, but yeah, uh, we should do, we should do that. And we should take the bear, uh, take one of our expired bear sprays and see how far it actually shoots and how to do it. They're almost, almost expired. Yeah. I mean, it would be worth knowing how to use it in order to keep safe. Theoretically, pull pin. Theoretically, pull the pin and click and spray. I mean, it doesn't look like rocket science, but probably wouldn't hurt to... I mean, it's an audio format, so like the bear spray we could could describe, unless we want to start a YouTube thing. Yeah, no, we could could try it. I'll take a picture. I'll spray it at you, and we'll take a picture. Um... I have one last thing to to say to take. I know we're running over again. Um, do you have anything else that you wanted to say is an essential? That's all I've thought of for an essential. Um, you know, some sort of multi-tool that kind of a given. Take some sort of, yeah. you know, some kind of a easy thing. tool, grabber tool, like the... Uh, we take a Leatherman or a, or a, uh, or a Swiss Army knife. I mean, I've carried a Swiss Army knife for my most of my life. And again, you're not going to do surgery out in the woods, so right. Uh, but no, what's uh, your but, last but, thing? But our our our, uh, our shovel does a lot of that too. But um, you know, but uh, the one thing that I would say is is probably one of the most important things is uh, is don't take your ego with you. Um, you're you're not too good for the trail. You're not bigger than the trail. Um, if, if, if it's too much and you can't handle it, uh, turn around, go back and reassess your situation and try again. Um, it's supposed to be a fun thing to do. And, um, if, if you're not having fun, figure it out so you can't, um, nature's for everybody. Well, get out there and enjoy it. yeah, I, I do agree. That is a great point. And the only thing that I will glob on to your point there is, um, you and I have talked in, in other episodes about having an escape plan, which I, I yeah. do strongly believe in. But the one thing that you should take with you and understand how to read before you go out there is a map. Take a map, take a compass. I sincerely hope none of you ever need to consult a map. I hope that you are in an area that is well marked and that the trails yes. are easy to follow. You never know, and we, Mike and I will preach on every episode, do this safely. There is, if you go out there and you don't come back, there's no point in going out there in the first place. Yep. So... Understand how to read a map. Understand how to use a compass. If you don't know how to do those, there are plenty of YouTube videos out there on how to read a map. There, a, a compass is not rocket science. They have been around for hundreds of years. At least, even if you don't know how to use a compass to all of its capabilities to be able to triangulate your position, at least be able to follow it to walk in a straight line. Because... If you walk far enough in one direction, theoretically you'll come out somewhere, uh, whether that be to a river and then you can follow a river into town or whatever. But don't... I love technology. You love technology, Mike. I know you do. We, We are both like gadget nerds. We love our technology. I love the ability to backtrack based on what my watch says or follow my phone your phone's going to die. I mean, if things get real tight and real scary, your phone's going to die. Have yep. a printed even, map. Even if you have your battery backup, your battery backup is going to die, and then your phone is going to die. I mean, not saying, I hope it never happens. I hope it never happens. You know, that you're stuck in the woods for days, but it has happened to people. So, 
understand how to read a map, take a compass and a printed map with you. Most larger trails that you hike will have a printed map available to purchase or to get from donation. Take that map with you. 99% of the time you are not going to need it, but that 1% of the time that you need it, have a printed map with you and understand how to read it. Yeah. We are fortunate enough to be alive in the day and age where trails are pre-made and they, they are available for, for us to use. Um, there are a lot of people that, that maintain them. Um, so if you do want to download a map or buy a map and it, and it costs you five bucks, it, it's going towards those people that are maintaining those trails and things like that too. So don't just uh, piss and moan that it's costing you five bucks. It's for your safety. It's for your well-being, but it's also making sure that everybody gets to enjoy those trails too. So um, yeah, uh, l- learn how to do that. Like I said, leave your ego at home um, and, and just go out and enjoy the trails. Yeah, go out and enjoy the trails. I mean, realistically, go out and enjoy them in a safe manner. Come home safely and go out and do it again. That's the big thing. And uh, so hopefully this gave you a good overview of the basic things that you're probably going to want as somebody that's starting out. These are the things that Mike and I bought when we were first starting out. We both firmly believe that these are the things that you should have. Maybe we've well, missed some stuff. The Maybe there's some stuff. Like, yeah. Like, we haven't left any of these essentials. Like, they go with us every time. Like, these are, yeah, you, you, we have to have those when we go. There, now, there's some more optional to... things that we take with us, but the yeah. basic things that you absolutely need, that's the basic rundown of it. Um, we'll have a future episode of what we recommend or what has worked for us or brand names that we appreciate in those spectrum of things. But if you're, but if you're just starting out, these are the things that we think that you should look into. Um, start a checklist, get those things, look into them, find out what works for you and go from there. So, um, do you have anything else that you want to add before we sign off this time, Mike? Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm good here. Just, uh, if, if you have any questions about anything we mentioned, uh, within this episode or pre- previous episodes, uh, it's at, uh, Sean Mike hike at gmail.com or at Sean Mike hike, uh, at, uh, all the socials. It's Sean, like Sean, like yawn, Sean, Mike hike. Um, the image on your podcast feed should show how our names are spelled, but it's Sean, like yawn, Sean, Mike hike on all of the major social media platforms. Um, And aside from that, I guess we'll probably see you again in two weeks. Yeah. Hey, Sean. Yeah. Go take a hike. Yeah, go take a hike.